Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Barrier, and I'm here with Brandon Size. I see it right. That, that you got it. Yes, sir. Dang, dude. How are you, brother? You got it. I'm doing great. How are you this morning? I'm good. Good to see you. So, good to see you as well. So, Brandon, you have... All right. So, tell everybody a little bit about what you do, where you are. You're in New Mexico, right? Yes, sir. We're in Albuquerque, New Mexico, 29 years old. We started a business three years ago, mid-pandemic, all the craziness and chaos that brought, chip shortage, equipment shortage, was definitely advised not to open a business. We did it We did it anyways, and we're making it happen. So, you know, it's interesting. I've talked to a couple of people that have, you know, that have started around 2020, and I, you know, one would think that, holy shit, that would be a terrible time to start, but I really think it might have been the best time to start. Yeah, so I, I kind of thought that as well. I was at a different company at the time, and I personally had my best year. And it was one of those things that I just felt it was time. And when I did it, we got off and running to actually a pretty, pretty good start. We did over a million our first year. So From zero to a million the first year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did, we did over. So walk me through like the craziness that had to have happened in that year. Cause you don't, I mean, first of all, we don't, we're not born knowing how to run a business, right? You had never run no. a business before, right? No, sir. Big thing for me has always just been speed, fail fast and win fast. And that's how we were able to be successful that first year. Everyone on here is probably pretty familiar, but I was a big Angie's List guy only for the volume. And that's all that I cared about was volume, get as much names as possible, post as much as possible. And like I said, just speed, focusing on volume, big pipeline, trying to make a pipeline, build a brand. That's right. So, um, all right. So, so Angie's, you said Angie's for the list, right? Yeah. No, we don't really use it so much anymore. I was just giving the example that first year. But that's still, that, that's interesting because, you know, I, I don't know if I've ever had anybody tell me that they've depended on, and so that was your primary source of leads, which, look, I mean, it works. What made you choose Angie's List, just out of curiosity? Well, they called me. I thought it was a spam call at first, and that's just kind of what I rolled with. I wouldn't say it was our only, I was just mentioning it. So Angie's List is, anyone that's used it, it's very frustrating, but you get a lot of names, addresses, and emails. So we were getting these names, addresses, and emails and putting them into our CRM right away. So whenever we started to send out direct mail or anything like that, we already had this pipeline. So that's how we used it. It wasn't like, a, oh, we built a business off of Angelus. You definitely can do that. So, Yeah. No, that made, I'm actually even shocked you said CRM is that you had the foresight 
to to do that because most dude, I've talked yeah. to people that still don't use CRO. Yeah, no, we're big on processes. You know, I try to follow a lot of the big names in the game and you know, model and mimic. Yeah. Who's been your biggest inspiration, would you say? Business wise? Yeah. I like Grant Cardone a lot. Uh, I like Victor Rancor a lot. I like Ishmael Valdez a lot. I know those two are the buttheads a little bit, but those are two big guys that I follow. Ken Goodrich is great. Business-wise, that's probably what I would say the most. I mean, it's pretty good examples. But all three of those guys have made a whole bunch of money in this industry. Yeah, they're all pretty similar as well. So That's fair. That's fair. Um, All right, so... So take me back to when, you know, before 2020, before you started this business, you were in this industry. Have you always been in this industry? Yeah, I've pretty much been involved in this industry my entire life. I started really young. My dad would have me help him do, you know, swamp coolers. We did gas lines as well. That's how I started. I actually worked for a very small company and I used to have a little giant ladder out of an Ultima and I would go do a bunch of changeovers for them and just do whatever it took. You know, I've always kind of had that mentality to just go after whatever I saw. Well, I, you know, I, you, to be a business owner, you kind of have, you have to have that. You got to do whatever it takes. And if you're the guy that has to sweep the floor or mop the floor or clean up shit, you just have to do it because you're the owner. So do, it is yeah, what it is. Yeah. You have to be relentless. You have to be persistent. There's a bunch of little words we could use here, but absolutely. You have to be persistent. You know, you got to know where you're going and believe in it. Self-confidence is huge when you're in this game and when you're trying to get somewhere. Dude, I agree wholeheartedly. I so I wrote a book, Nine Simple Steps to Sell More Shit, and the very first chapter is on is called Confidence to Close. Because if you don't have confidence, you're never going to get to the end of the sale. Period. Yeah, yeah. You have to believe in what you're doing. You know, if I don't believe in it, none of these other guys are going to believe in it. When we're starting out that first year, and I'm trying to build a brand and recruit people, if I'm like, hey man, you know, this might work out, I'm like, well, fuck that. I don't want to. I don't want to do that. But if I'm saying, <laughs> hey, look, we're going to be the best there is. You need to show up and be here and we're going to make it happen. You start to to stack, you know, people and a brand. Yeah. And it builds more confidence in you as well. When you start to lead people and they start doing what they need to do <laughs> and it really makes a difference. And it makes a difference Absolutely. when you talk to your customers. 100%. Yeah. Agreed. So you kind of been in, you know, for everybody listening, you cover multiple areas in the industry. You cover plumbing, heating, plumbing, HVAC, what else? Drains. Drains. Okay. And you're thinking about getting into electrical. We will be getting into electrical. Yes. Hopefully within the next year or so. We're looking to buy out a company actually here. So. Okay. So like that's kind of in process, maybe. That sounds like. Kind of. I'm working on it. Yeah. All right. That's cool. So did you start out in, did you start out with all three of those or did you add one as you went? No, so we actually started out with both HVAC and plumbing. I have a little bit of experience with plumbing. So I kind of just picked it up and kept that again as a volume thing for property management or for people. I wanted to make sure that I offered that as well. It would definitely mostly HVAC is my background. So I am curious because I know a little bit about drains, not the side that you know of it, but I understand the business side of it a little bit. Uh, So let me ask you when you go out, what primarily the drain calls that you go to, what are the problems? Because I know different areas, there's different problems. Like I'll give you a quick example, Texas, for example, the earth, and I guess it's called sentiment or something like that. So so it's called, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Right. It's where the ground moves, right? 
Yep. It yes, shifts sir. pipes. So that's a little bit different call than we would have in North Carolina because that we don't have, we don't deal with that issue here as far as I know. Yeah. So, well, there's quite a few different problems. Most of them are blockages, of course, just the simple stuff. And then that same thing where the ground moves and the pipe goes like that or like that, it settles. Right. So those are probably the most popular ones as well as brakes. We have a lot of cast iron out here. So we get a lot of calls for brakes and different things like that. What is the, so uh, it's wild, it's wild to me to think cast iron brakes. Oh, it destroyed. There was actually a, a cast iron vent that had busted, which was super strange. Like, and this was about a year or two ago and it flooded his entire bathroom. So anytime yeah. it rained or anything like that, it just went in there and wherever that it dipped, it just settled and destroyed the whole thing. The vent side of the pipe too, not the I main side. I can't imagine. You know, that's what, you know, it's, it's interesting. I was listening to a podcast with Weldon Long on it. And he was talking about, okay. he had a couple of people, he had people coming in town. It was like two weeks before they were coming in town. And I guess he had a, a, a drainage backup or something and it backed up into his house. Like that was, I'd lose my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Drains are a fun thing. You know, we had one with, it was a three-story apartment and it went out to the main street and the main line backed up. We didn't know that. And what we did, which was a huge mistake at the time, we undid the drain at the bottom of the sink, which is on the first story. All the back pressure came back up and into the house, into the apartment. Now we stopped it. We stopped it and like, it didn't do any damage. But it was full of back pressure. It was one time. I bet you have seen some really nasty stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You do it enough. You're going to see some nasty stuff. So the name of your company is NCB. I'm interested, since I don't know, what exactly does that mean? And is there some significance behind that? Yeah, of course. So it was actually a company my dad started a long time ago. I took over the name. So the first, the initials stand for Nathan, Christopher, and Brandon, my name. My two older brothers passed away when I was, one passed away when I was 18 and the other one I was 26. So it's just like anything, you know, it's a brotherhood, but you want to make sure that they're with you on any big journey. You grow up with them, they have your back. And it it meant a lot for me to carry the name my dad chose and to make sure that their name is in it as well. So if you don't mind me asking, that's bizarre that you had two brothers pass away. Do you mind me asking why? Yeah. So one had a mental illness. He was actually schizophrenic. It was crazy to say the least. You know, that was my best friend. The other one, the oldest one, Nathan, it was substance abuse. It was alcohol, some opiate stuff and different things. So that's how, that's the path that one went down. Well, look, dude, I mean, I'm a recovering alcoholic. I've been, I haven't had a drink in almost 14 years. You know, I've been down that path, all of it, every bit of it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm lucky no, I'm not dead. Yeah. For sure. And it's great to hear that you're 14, 14 years sober. Congratulations on that. Thank you. You know, go, going into this year, is, drinking was actually something that I really gave up. I have a drink every now and again, as far as being socially, but to bring it back to business, you know, it came down to, what are you willing to give up to go up? So even just like for you, you probably had to give that up to get to your next destination to level up. Well, I'll tell you an interesting story. So I haven't had a drink in 14 years, but I did smoke weed for a little while. And gotcha. But I'll tell you, in fact, it was three months ago when I quit. So it's not even been that long. But in the reason that I, the reason I stopped smoking weed is because spiritually I was disconnected. And yeah. 
you know, in in the program, and I guess you're not really supposed to say what it is. I really don't give a shit. But it's a 12-step program. Everybody fucking knows what I'm talking about. You know, that's not a part of it. You know, I guess you could do that and be in that program. But for me, I under, you know, I had been through the steps years ago, several times. And so I knew going back into this, because I, look, I went out, I stepped out of, I I stepped out of AA. I stepped out for like six years. And that was during the time that I was smoking weed. I didn't stop going to AA because I was smoking weed. I just kind of moved on. I don't know, ego. I just decided that I didn't need it. And that was the wrong decision. And I didn't realize that for a long time. And I've, you know, I've created a bunch of havoc in my life, even not drinking. Basically, it's called a dry drunk. You still act like you're drinking, but you're not drinking. But I was smoking weed. And I had to let that go because I just, you know, like you just said, it's exactly what you're talking about. In order for me to move forward, that had to go. Yep. Yes, sir. Yeah, that was a big pivoting point, you know, as I wanted to continue to scale and grow business, you have to sacrifice more and more. It comes at a price. And what are you willing to give up to go up is some of the best advice that I've ever gotten. Yeah, 100%. But you've never struggled with like addiction or anything. No, I wouldn't say addiction so much, but kind of like business related. I was going to the military when I was 19, kind of the weed story here. I was going to the military. I was 18 or 19 years old and I got pulled over. And I got caught with the, or I got caught with a possession charge that I didn't tell the military about. And I was supposed to be leaving in a week. They stopped me and they discharged me from the military. And I was going to the military for this. So it's all related to what I'm still doing today. But yeah, that, that had came up. How hard was that when you got that call? <clears throat> I was devastated. You know, I was, like I said, I was 18 or 19 years old. I always wanted to be in the military. I knew I was always going to do HVAC. I wanted to travel. I wanted to experience it. You know, if you've ever gotten into the military, there's a, it's like a multi-step process. You know, you have to do a bunch of stuff, sign a bunch of paperwork. You have to enlist, you have to do a hand, whatever. You got to stay the night at a hotel. And it was kind of like my dream at the time. You know, I've always liked the military and I was, uh, I was devastated, but you know, it played out. It is what it is. It played out in my favor. Right after that, I went straight to school. Uh, I got on with the right companies, different company, and then started running. Are you, I guess, looking back now, are you glad that, you know, a lot of things in my life that happened that I thought were not good, not for me, but looking back, things that have happened, they've happened for my benefit. Not, I'm not a victim in a lot of this stuff, right? I feel like it may be at the time, but looking back, I, I'm really grateful for, I mean, look, I've been, I've had DUIs, I've got caught with drugs. I've done it all. Yeah. No, certain things need to happen. You know, I would never look back and regret anything. It is what happened. But at the end of the day, I'm here now. I've built a decent business. I have a great group of friends and I'm excited with where we're at. So I would never look back and hope for something else. You can't look back anyways. We're, you know, we don't live there. So that's right. You can't really live anywhere but right now. Correct. You can only be present. <laughs> that's no, right. Exactly. It's hard to do though. So you, are you married, kids? Are you. No, no kids, no marriage. It's just a little French bulldog. Well, that's okay. Hey, look, it gives you opportunity to, in time, to focus on what you're doing. Because, look, what you're Correct. doing is busy. It's hard to do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, again, I don't regret nothing. I'm pretty content with where I'm at and even the opportunities that this has gotten me. So I'm not hurting. 
So how many guys do you have working for you? How much, how many staff do you have working for you? Yeah, we have 14 now. Wow. How do you like managing people? So managing people is different. You know, it's not something I was fully used to solely for the reason that, you know, when I was in the field and I was a tech, you have tunnel vision, you know, you're focused on your day, your schedule, your bonus, your revenue and all that. When I had to pivot to management, it was different because I had to learn that not everyone's going to think like me, not everyone's going to act like me. And it's my job as a leader to now build these guys up. And that's what was, it was just different. It wasn't something that I was used to. So it was a learning curve. And that's what business is all about, you know? hundred percent. All right. So let me ask you this. You're a fairly young dude compared to me anyway. When you look at your technicians and you look at your staff, yeah. or do you have any younger technicians that work for you? Yeah, we have actually quite a bit. I think we're a pretty young company. We have 21, 22. I think almost everybody's younger than I am besides probably three or four people. Attention contractors of the Successful Life podcast. Want to supercharge your business decisions? We've got something just for you. Head over to our website, SuccessfulLifePodcast.com, and click on the free download button to grab your copy of Warning When Hiring a Leadership Coach. Equip yourself with the insights you need to make informed decisions for your business. Don't miss out. Well, because you're younger, it may not seem like it's much difference. But here's my question. You know, yeah. look, when I was coming up, it's just things were different, right? Things were very different when I was coming up. You work your ass off. You do what you have to do. And right now, I don't know that a 21 or 22-year-old has that mindset. But maybe you can shed some light on that. Yeah, so I would agree with that to an extent. I can honestly say the ones that we have are great. So one of them started with us when we were, when I was, when he was 19, I'm sorry. And he was, the, when we were working out of my house, he was the first one to show up every day at 7 a.m. So I can really back that up. We have another guy, he just turned 21 and he's usually the first one here at the shop every day. You know, we tell everybody 7.30, he's here between, he's here about 7.20 every single day. Dude, so that's I, awesome. To be honest, I guess I've been lucky or I've just, around the right group of people because the ones that are younger are phenomenal for sure so when you bring in new people on what kind of criteria do you i mean what are some of the main things that you look for that you say well these are it's a red flag there's no way i'm hiring this person or this is such a great trait you know i gotta have this person well, there's a few things, right? A red flag when we were interviewing somebody is he said he wasn't going to put us two weeks in another job. To me, that's a red flag because I'm all about, you know, ethical ethics and morals. And it's just important that you do your part. And if you if that company had you on for three or four years, you need to put your two weeks in. So to me, that's a red flag. Did Some of the green him? flags are the No. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, some people do. Yeah, and that's their opinion. You know, that's their choice, right? I think it's lots of times they feel like they're in a jam. And so they feel like they have to hire the person, which is the wrong move, in my opinion. But what are some of the positive traits that you look for? Positive traits is when people come in here with a good attitude, not to be basic, but then when they're like, you know, I'm just looking for a better opportunity. When they trust, when they trust me to come in and say, hey, you know what? 
for some reason, I've heard good things about you guys, and I trust that you can take me to the next level. That's a big one for me <clears throat> because I remember being a 19-year-old kid in a warehouse and just wanting the next opportunity and wanting to grow so bad. I just wanted the next opportunity at a company, the right tech, the right journeyman to work under, whatever it was, I wanted that next step. So that's a green flag is when somebody comes in here, they're early and they want to get to the next level because I know what it takes to get to the next level and I know I can help them get there. Hell yeah, dude. I love that answer. So what would you say, what would you say the company's biggest struggle is? Could be with techs or CSR, whoever it is. What would you say, you know, that y'all don't do the best of your ability? Well, there's a few things. I think we can maybe manage calls a little bit better at times. You know, maybe start our days earlier, technician-wise. Start earlier. Be more proactive throughout your schedule which is on me to kind of teach that and coach that up. And there's a few things. If I could get nitpicky, you know, we have a great team and all that, but if I was to sit here and get, you know, nitpicky, there's quite a bit. Bounding, we could outbound better because especially when you're in the shoulder season and different things like that, you have to know how to outbound. Direct mail, follow-up, So all that. Follow-up's a big one. You know, follow-up is- it's, It's huge. If you're in sales, even a technician, it's huge. 100%. So how's that? What does that process look like for you guys? When we're following up? Yeah. So let's just say new customer calls in, CSR answers. She books, he or she books the call. Technician goes out. The deal doesn't close. What happens next? It'll go to me. They'll let me know that. And then you make the call. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So I'm a so big, I'm a, and, and that's the kind of role that I love too. You know, I understand the position I'm in and I eventually need to move away from it, but I'm a big Grant Cardone guy. I'm a big sales guy. And I love the follow-up game. I love the persistence. I love the push of it. I love the strategy of it. It's a huge strategy. And once you're able to start closing, you're never going to be slow. And I can say that we haven't really had a very slow time ever since we've been here. So, yeah, I look, I, I don't love, I don't love Grant Cardone, but You've got to be persistent. You've got to be. Yeah. And look, I actually do this for another company. I do exactly what you're talking about. Like I do their follow-up. Okay. Because look, it's a pretty wide open game out there. Most people are not like you. Most people don't do follow-up. Most most owners are busy putting out fires or doing whatever the hell they're doing. And I get that. And it's real easy to get sidetracked with all the other shit you've got going on. But it sounds like you got a bit different mindset than most of those guys. I do. Well, I'm just really big on sales. And I know that, you know, <clears throat> no matter how many mistakes I've made, I don't want to say like this, but I have to say like this, no matter how many mistakes I made, I knew that I could sell my way out of a out, out of an issue. If we got slow, I knew for a fact, if you gave me a follow-up sheet, we're selling something and it's going in today, tomorrow, next week. So again, I had to be extremely disciplined that way and just rely on being able to sell decently you know, but I knew I could, and I could, I know it's been a big, big difference for us. Now do you, all right. So let's just say technician gets to a house. He's getting, he's pitching a new system or assuming that he, do you have service and selling technicians or do you have service slash? They do both. Yeah, they do both. Yep. Do you help them close the deal over the phone? How does that work if they get jammed up? Yeah. So a little bit, you know, I've never actually called the customer. I try to leave it on them. That way they can get better. You know, Victor Rancor. Oh yeah. He has a profit rocket blueprint. Yeah. That's been huge for us. So we've done 
courses or meetings uh, on some of that sales stuff. And he talks to you about how to go into the call and how to sell and different things of that nature. So that's been big. So for HVAC, how many options do you give? Three. Okay. And usually, obviously, land in the middle, typically. Most of the time, yeah. You know, I know some people have gotten like five to seven. I think everybody has their own opinion. To me, that's too much. But, you know, I understand that everyone's going to work it a little bit different. I agree with you because it's, you know, it's overload. I can't remember. It's there's a there's actually a term for it. Man, I can't remember what it is. But I'll tell you a quick story. So this is this will paint the picture. They did a. They did a not a survey, but a, a oh, let's just call it a survey. And so they it was in a grocery store. And the first weekend, they had three jars of jelly, right? Yeah. And they it, they sold I don't know fifty jars of jelly that weekend because they were letting people try it, like you go in Sam's Club or whatever. Right. The next weekend, they set out like twelve jars of jelly, and they sold like thirty percent of what they sold the weekend before because there's so many choices. You wind up not making a choice for sure. And that's kind of what I've noticed when I try to go too crazy with options is I personally feel like you're going to get lost in the weeds because I get lost in the weeds as well too. You know, like it's kind of like too much going on. These guys don't know anything about HVAC and you're talking about app draws and two stages and single stages and 80%, 90%. And they're just, man, just give me the three best options and explain it. But it's also easier to explain to them. You know, I found it easier to sell. Yeah, you know, you're talking product and benefit dump is the look, your customers don't give a shit about the specifics of that. They care about one thing, two things. Is the damn thing going to work? And how much is it per month? That's about the biggest two questions they have. If you can answer that, you're good. But if you start throwing out all this terminology and stuff, you're going to lose them. Yeah. And it makes sense. You know, it's just like you when you go to whatever store or anything like that. Sometimes, or like I was at a restaurant a few weeks ago and this guy's giving me like 30 options about the menu. And I'm like, I don't know. I just like seafood. Like, what do you have on that? You know, but it was, he was like running down this crazy list. And I looked at who I was with and I was like, I, he lost me after like the first thing. Yeah. It was too much. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, I still can't remember what it's called, but there is a terminology for that. So, so you got kicked out of the military. That was a good thing, I think. You, I think so, you, yeah. you said you did a million the first year, right? So what are you yeah. currently doing? We'll do three million this year. So we'll go zero to six in three years. Man, that's pretty impressive. It's not bad. You know, like I said, we, we have a very good team and I, I get my best friend helps me run the business. So we've been able to put together a good team. And would you say because of the systems and processes that you have in place have helped you scale like you have? 100%. Yeah. You know, we so this last year, we really focused on systems and processes. We moved our CRM, we moved our SEO company, and we have hammered the systems and processes, the ethics of just the company. Come in shirt tucked in with the collared shirt. You know, we've tried to hammer this stuff. We're in nice vehicles. We're moving to a new acre and a half property. We just bought, you know, and that's been the biggest thing is the focus on systems and processes and speed. You got to move with urgency, of course. That's right. A hundred percent. I love that you mentioned that the appearance is super important. I, it's mind blowing to me when I see some of these companies that their guys look like they just crawled out of a landfill. Correct. It's pretty insane that they even allow it. It's, and then it also kind of blows my mind that people would even want to, you know, you got to carry yourself with a little bit of pride here, you know? 
Agreed. So. Now you mentioned that you've got nice vehicles. Did you, are they branded pretty well? Yeah, pretty well. Did you go through somebody to get that done or how did you do that? Yeah. So it's just our logo. And then a lot of the vehicles that we bought, they added the wrap loan. Okay. But did you go through somebody like Dan Antonelli or? No, no, no he's great. You know, but ours is a pretty simple logo. I but we've had pretty good luck with it. The biggest company in town has a very simple logo. So, how much is the biggest company in town doing in comparison to you, if you don't mind me asking? Strictly HVAC, they'll probably do between about 18 and 25 million. Yeah, you're pretty close on their heels, though. You're a third, you'll be a third of the way there in three years. Yes, yes, sir. That's wild. Yeah, the, there's only about a million people in this market. So, it's not a huge market, but it's not a small market either. Okay. You also mentioned SEO. So who are you using now for that? And who were you using? We were using a company called Ollie Ollie out of Texas. Okay. They didn't. I'll leave it that. We decided to move on. Yeah. And then we went to this company, First Click Digital is what it's called. They're here in Albuquerque and they've done a phenomenal job for us. They've taken us to the first. They've gotten us everywhere that we needed to go. And we How much time? Calls. How much time and did it take calls? them? Yeah. From the time you hired them until now, or to when you started getting on the first page of everything, we how just long started, it? Yeah, yeah, we just started working with them this year. I think we just got on the first page probably the last few months. It's still like not bad. Then, like I said, they've done good. You, you got to spend a little bit, you know, the more you spend. As long as you're spending correctly with the right company, they'll help you get there. We brought them on last October, but they had to do a bunch of stuff to clean up for us. You know, I don't know if you're familiar, but anytime you hire the new SEO companies, it's kind of like a complete overhaul of what was there before and they rebranded and reworked it completely so it did take a little bit of time yeah 100 percent. i think a lot of people you know i think a lot of people think the seo and seo is unbelievably important however it's not the quick it's not it's the long game right it's not a quick turnaround at all correct but it is what it is yeah so marketing is superior to sales like how you're saying seo is the most important it truly is you know, you can only sell so much. But you can only sell when you get the lead. You can only sell when you're at the house. That's right. So marketing is huge. It is something we've really harped on. And I believe it's taken us, been able to take us to this next level this year. All right. So I'm going to throw one more question at you. In yeah. terms of reactivating your customer list, when I say reactivation campaign, do you know what I mean by that? Just rehashing with the customer. Yeah, so like, you know, do you send out a monthly newsletter? Do you send out something to keep your customers thinking about you as their primary go-to service person? Yeah, yeah. So all the time, really, we post every we post twice a week on Facebook. We post twice a week on Instagram. Uh, the other thing that we do is we email out a coupon or some sort of discount or some sort of sor- service every week. We send that out every Monday. And then we have our service contracts, of course, which we're trying to really push those because the more memberships you have, the the more value of your business. That's right. So obviously you started out with zero memberships. How many memberships have you been able to grow to since you started? A few hundred. We just rolled them out, I think around February or March. So we sold quite a few. We were probably, you know, each guy was probably selling multiple a week. It makes sense. Memberships to me yeah. make sense if you're selling when you go to the appointment. What was that? It, it, memberships make sense as long as your guys are also selling at those 
when they're going out to do the yes, service work. Absolutely. Correct. Because I tell them all the time, this call covers you for about an hour. That's it. You know, there is no revenue in this because we do ours like a flat price. It's like, for example, ours 225. We're collecting that on the front end. So there is no, you're technically not making a dollar next time you go out there and service it. So I try to tell them that they have to find something. Ethically, you always do everything ethically correct. Of course. You don't ever go in there and say you need a new water heater because for whatever reason. It's like at the bottom, you need a new one. Right. It's good that we were out there and diagnosed it. But Now, when your guys, let's just use the water heater, for example. When they go put a water heater in, how do you make sure if something goes sideways with that water heater, they know to call you? Do you put a sticker on it? Do you put a magnet on it? How do you do that? No, we were going to start doing that. <laughs> I didn't know how I felt too much about it. I don't know how you are on those. I never knew how I really felt about those, putting those magnets and stuff like that. I felt like when I was at different companies and even doing this, I would always go to people's houses that had another company sticker. And I'm like, well, they called me out. They didn't even call these guys out. So. I guess how I view it is if my water heater is leaking and it has happened. And if there's a sticker on the front of it, that's the first person I'm going to call. A hundred percent. Yeah. And you know, I'm definitely not opposed to it. I think it's definitely something we should be doing. I was just saying why I haven't put the emphasis on it yet. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. It's just another, you know, just one more thing. It's that just you a can little do. bit extra. When That's you're right. To get better, the point zero zero one is sometimes what you need. And if a sticker is going to get us that point zero zero one extra better, let's do it. Yeah. Do you make? I just I've got one more question for you. Do you have when your guys go out? Do they make sure to let's say they're going out for a hot water heater? Do they make sure to let the customer know that hey, if you have HVAC problems, if you have drain issues we also cover that stuff yes yeah absolutely they all do like i said especially in this market specifically everybody pretty much does heating and cooling i mean heating and plumbing hvac and plumbing and i make sure these guys let them know that as well that makes sense well look brandon i appreciate this dude this has been a killer conversation you're a super smart dude be 29 years old so yeah no yeah thank you yeah we still got a long way to go you know we are where we are but I think the sky's the limit for the people that we're around and we want to be the best in New Mexico. And that's what we're going to work towards. I love it, dude. Where can people find you? Where are the social media channels they can go to? <clears throat> yeah, you can get me on Instagram. It's Brandon underscore size with three Z's. It's Brandon size on Facebook, Brandon size on face on LinkedIn. I'm on pretty much everything. And then the website is uh, ncbmechanical.com. Perfect. Well, listen, my friend, I appreciate you. Awesome. I appreciate your time. I look forward to this one coming out. You got it, brother. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you for tuning into the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember, greatness is a journey, not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at coreybarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.